0: New year, new shows. I'm Jimmy Fallon!
1: Welcome to That's My Jam!
0: And maybe some new romance.
1: I am falling in love, and it feels so good!
0: I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, January 3rd. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Well, a lot has happened in the world of entertainment over the past week since our last episode, and you can check out all of that at EW.com. But one news story dominated them all, and it's the only one we'll be covering right now. That would be the death of TV legend, animal activist, and Hollywood's golden girl, Betty White. White died on December 31st, just 17 days shy of her 100th birthday, a monumental occasion that we at EW were given gearing up to celebrate. So we are still going to celebrate her, but with a little more heartbreak instead of joy. And one of those who shared an appreciation of White's life and career is EW's own Kristen Baldwin, who joins me now. Hey, Kristen, first of all, happy 2022 to you.
1: Thank you. Happy 2022 to you as well. And honestly, what a weird (sighs) way to start the year without Betty White uh, among us. But yeah, what a joy to have had her on this earth for (sighs) so long.
0: Indeed. Yeah. I, uh, you know, of course that day was just so devastating and sad and, um, you know, we often ask here people on the podcast, what you're watching? And I'll even say like over the last few days, I have been watching Betty White bloopers <laughs> and SNL clips and yes. old interviews and um, her, her clip from the William Shatner roast, which is oh. so good. There's just, I, I feel like I've, every time I'm on social media, something new is popping up. And um, as sad as it makes me, like you said, it's it's bringing great joy because it was just a pleasure to have her make us laugh as yes. much as she did. Yes. And that's a real gift. So, yeah. Well, all of that said, I know this is a big question, but Kristen, what do you think Betty White's legacy will be?
1: Well, I mean, it's a very wide ranging legacy, but I think what's important Mm -hmm. to remember about her is how groundbreaking she was from, you know, early on in TV. She was at a time when, you know, women were not behind the scenes in TV. She and uh, two of her peers created, uh, uh, George Tibbles and Don Fetterson created a production company uh, and started mm-hmm. making their own shows. One of her first sitcoms was Life with Elizabeth, which she created. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she was a producer. She was, so not only was she, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who was just phenomenally talented on television and a, an actress that everybody, you know, really loved and wanted to work, with she was a savvy smart businesswoman and like lucille ball who was you know about 10 years older than she was somebody who knew you know going on going from the get-go like if i'm going to have a career i want to have a say in it i want to have ownership of it and so she did that and so that's something that you know you really cannot forget about her um but in terms of her humor I think what's, you know, so important about Betty White is like just to look at her, whether she was, you know, a young woman of 25 or a sweet old lady Mm. of 99, you would never, just by looking at her, if you'd never heard her speak, you would never think that anything untoward would come out of her mouth. And yet she (laughs) was the most savage. Like she from, you know, she could be Uh. filthy. She could be cutting. She could be straight up mean, but it was always hilarious. And that was something that... Again, from the beginning, even with life with Elizabeth, was was just sort of this, you know, sort of gentle domestic sitcom. And, you know, there were always these little mishaps, uh, you know, happening to this married couple. Even then, she was a little bit defiant. Like at the end, there would be this announcer Mm. who would say, you know, Elizabeth, aren't you ashamed if she had done some silly (laughs) thing that had made her (laughs) husband angry or whatever? And, you know, without without fail, she would always look at the camera and just shake her head. No, like, nope not ashamed. Nope. <laughs> and that, you know,
0: uh-huh. with a big old smile, yeah, with a
1: face. big old smile, that's 1953. You know, that's definitely yeah. groundbreaking for 1953. But then, of course, as we know, you know, the happy homemaker with Mary Tyler Moore show, yeah. where uh, she was Sue Ann, like, she looked, you know, from she looked like a perfect traditional, you know, happy yeah. homemaker, but then dang, Mm -hmm. she could cut you, you know, (laughs) like she was hilariously (laughs) mean. So that, that was sort of the Mm -hmm. beginning of her TV persona, which I think in part, you know, Mm -hmm. was just who she was as well. She was incredible. Incredibly funny so quick on her feet
0: yeah well uh, and, and you know you say that uh, hilariously mean there was always that twinkle in her eye mm-hmm. when she you know uh that's just what made it what sold it she was the best at her timing she was yes. the best with her just her facial reactions that somebody mm-hmm. else could be mm-hmm. talking and the camera would cut to her and she would just give a look and you just die laughing uh it's it's yeah. um It's kind of rare. It's pretty rare that someone had the kind of comedic talent that she did. Yeah, Um, and you know, you also mentioned you know some of those uh, you know (laughs) those roles where she got to be a little more body. Uh, In your appreciation that you wrote, you um, noted some movie roles. I was so glad to see your mention (laughs) of Lake Placid, where she played um, Mrs. Bickerman, who um, could cuss like a sailor. Oh Um, my gosh! It it was so great. You know, I feel like later in life, of course, you know, we got to see a bit of that as Sue Ann, but I feel like we really got to see a different side of her humor later in life, especially that I'm reminded when I watched it again, the Rose of William Shatner, that was 2006. And that felt like that was really at the core of this kind of late life career resurgence. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, because you, it, you go from that to the proposal in 2009, yes. where, you know, again, she sort of had that you know, DGAF grandma persona, where she's like this sweet little old lady who just has no filter. And like, again, as you said, when something like filthy or, you know, cutting comes out of her mouth, it's coming Mm -hmm. out of this just adorable little package. Mm -hmm. And so you just, that's how she gets away with it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think that that's something that as the times changed, and she was allowed to be more Mm -hmm. extreme, you know, Mm -hmm. that she was probably getting to be more of who she really was as a person, you know, in 1953, Mm -hmm. you can't, you know, make jokes about, you know, sure, (laughs) if I had a I'd tell you to suck it, but you know, by the time she <laughs> yeah. by the time she gets to say it, you know, nineteen ninety nine, she can say yeah. it. And I do. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to remember, you know, women, whether in comedy or in you know in Hollywood in general, especially of her generation, you know, they they had to be nice, they had to be mm. likable, and she yeah. managed to do both while also completely shattering that uh, stereotype. Yeah. You know, you you yeah. don't you won't get to an Amy Poehler, you won't get to a Tina Fey right. or Maya Rudolph without uh, a Betty White first, because, you know, yeah. she was as sweet and as, you know, America's sweetheart as she was. Her tone was always like, you know, I don't really care if you like me because like, because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say what I want. And we loved her for yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you you name checked all those women, Tina, Amy, Maya. I think they all know that, too, yeah. uh, which is what's so beautiful. You know, you got to see that when she was on SNL and all of them were on with her. Oh, my God. I've got to ask, I mean, there are many of them over her 80-year career, but do you have a favorite role?
1: Oh, it's hard. I mean, I think I've got to go with Rose uh, Mm -hmm. from Golden Girls just because I love that show so much. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, that was another... You know, very smart move for her in that she she mm-hmm. went from playing Sue Ann, you know, sort of this body person to uh, Rose, who was very innocent and naive, and that was a great mm-hmm. again playing against type how it worked for her. But I have to say. I really just loved seeing her. I almost just loved her as herself the most, like especially yeah. <laughs> as she got older. Like if you would see her on a talk show, people were just so freaking yes. thrilled to be around oh. Betty White. I love yeah. watching the clips from SNL. At least, I put one in my appreciation, the scared straight bullying with Betty White. Yes. The, oh, the pure so glee <laughs> of Bill Hader who can Bill not <laughs> he is so thrilled to have Betty White, you know, quote unquote roughing him up. <laughs> It's just like that. It's Uh, just the joy she brought other people as just the living legend that she was. That's almost my favorite role of hers.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Those talk show appearances, I've been seeing a lot of those too on Conan, on uh, Craig Ferguson. They were longtime friends. uh, Also on James Corden. She just, you could tell when she was there, she loved to make people laugh. And like you said, she was just, she got to be herself. In, uh, I think it was like the late 90s, 98, you interviewed Betty for EW's (laughs) Stupid Questions, which is one of my favorite things of all time. You have to share with everyone one of her answers Uh, to you.
1: Amazing. (laughs) Yes. So it was for, in 1998, she was in an action film. Film with Morgan Freeman. She had a small role. Um, the film was called Hard Rain. And so mm-hmm. one of my questions to her was You were a panelist on the 60s game show The Liars Club. What's the last lie you told? And again, just <laughs> off the top of her head, she didn't have these questions. You know, she just said, hmm, mm-hmm. that's hard to choose. Maybe when I said I didn't mind talking this morning. So, so she <laughs> just burned me. I loved it. I was like, Yes. Burn me, Betty White. Um, what a
0: privilege in life to have been insulted yes. by Betty White.
1: Yes. And oh. you know what? She was probably telling the truth. And it was like, girl, I appreciate <laughs> that even more. So. Yeah, I just, I think that. Yeah, I
0: mean, she, in comedy, there is truth,
1: Kristen. Yes, exactly. And I, and that's what made it even funnier. So I will cherish the memory of being insulted by Betty White.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, something I'm going to, I suppose I will, I will cherish as well. We have been working on a, um, a digital cover story on Betty for her hundredth and her agent, God bless him, Jeff Witches. He has tolerated my <laughs> many, many emails and phone calls uh, over the years, really, as we've been trying to figure out something big to do with Betty. COVID had yep. uh, different plans for life uh, and certainly, you know, isolated her a bit. But uh, in the last couple of weeks, he relayed to her some, uh, some questions. There were some of our own questions and some from some of her uh, former co-stars. And one of the questions we asked was what advice she had for her 80-year-old self because sure, giving sure. your 80-year-old self advice is way funnier than your 20-year-old self. So her answer was... And I quote, I wouldn't dare give myself advice. I'm too old. But seriously, the advice I'd give anyone at my age, taste every moment. Don't take anything for granted. And uh, I mean, I think that applies to anyone, not just at her age, but life in general. Um, you can tell she's someone who yeah. really lived every moment, appreciated what she had, gave back in so many ways behind the camera to uh, you know animal advocacy groups, and um, she she truly led a life uh, that should be um, that should be celebrated.
1: Yes, and it's um, yeah, I love. She was, I think you know, adopt adopt yeah. an animal, donate to the ASPCA. Do you know if you want to do something to honor Betty? You know, yeah. she loved animals. You know, I think more than anything else, and such a great activist for them. And yeah, it's just, you know, one of many things that is uh, remarkable about her life.
0: Indeed. Uh, That final interview, Kristen's appreciation, Betty's essential roles, star reactions, anecdotes that people shared on social media, and a look back at what her agent told us was one of her favorite photo shoots ever with EW, poolside, surrounded by shirtless, oiled up men. You can find (laughs) all of that, plus (laughs) other news reviews, interviews, and more at EW.com. Kristen, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Oh, happy to to do it Number three.
0: all right let's get into our picks for 2022 kicking things off the new year The Cleaning Lady. Daredevil's Elodie Young leads this new Fox drama as Tony, a Cambodian doctor who arrives in the U.S. in search of a medical treatment for her son who's been diagnosed with a rare life-threatening disorder. Stuck with her sister-in-law in Las Vegas, Tony struggles to make ends meet as an undocumented worker until she witnesses a murder and must clean up the crime scene to stay alive. Soon she's living a double life as a cleaner for the local mob, using her cunning and intelligence to forge her own path in the underworld while using her life of crime to provide for her son. That can only end well, right? Here's a preview. My son needs this treatment. Oh, he won't make it. I'm sorry. your visa, it's expired.
1: Can you really Turn away a five-year-old boy? wanna take a drink of that promised land will make it happen one day. I know it. I'm just a cleaning lady. Let make clean it for you. You have a great attention to detail.
0: I take pride in my work because I have a family that needs me.
1: Your son is sick. I can help you. I want your work with me. Don't do this. What other option do we have? I need you. I'll be there in five minutes.
0: So, Breaking Bad meets Netflix's made, color us, intrigued. You can catch the debut of The Cleaning Lady tonight at 9 on Fox. Number two. Now, let the games begin with our number two pick. That's my jam. After a sneak preview episode back in November, Jimmy Fallon's quote-unquote celebrity music game show officially premieres on NBC Tonight with teams of celebrities competing for charity in a series of music, dance, and trivia-based games and performances. Drawing inspiration from the popular musical games of Fallon's Tonight Show tenure, some of those contests will include Air Guitar, Slay It, Don't Spray It, Wheel of Impossible Karaoke, and more. Tonight's premiere will welcome Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Chance the Rapper, Alessia Cara, and Josh Groban as competitors. And here's a clip from the episode with Chance taking a crack at Musical Genre Challenge. So you have to sing Hot in Here, but in a country rock version. I swear it's getting hot in here, so they go your phone. You can see how that game and many more play out on That's My Jam tonight at 9 on NBC. It's trivia time, and today's question is about Chance the Rapper. The musician has said he didn't start listening to hip-hop until he heard what Kanye West song on the radio? Jesus Walks, Through the Wire, or Gold Digger? Stick around for that answer, and today's number one pick, What to Watch, will be right back.
1: Welcome back to
0: EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, Wheel of Fortune debuted on TV 47 years ago this week on January 6, 1975. Created by Merv Griffin, who also created Jeopardy!, Wheel began as a daytime game show on NBC, hosted by Chuck Woolery and Susan Stafford. The format of the show has remained essentially the same since the beginning, a word-based puzzle game inspired by Hangman, with players guessing letters to fill in a familiar phrase while earning money with a roulette-style wheel. Pat Sajak took over as host after Woolery departed the show in 1981, with Vanna White joining the next year. While the daytime version of Wheel ended in 1991, the night syndicated version that debuted in 1983 has continued, with more than 7,000 episodes produced, making Wheel one of the longest-running game shows ever. As of the show's current season, Sajak is also the longest-running host of any game show, having surpassed Bob Barker's 35-year run on The Price is Right. One. And now let's engage today's number one pick, The Bachelor. Clayton Eckard, a 28-year-old medical sales rep from Missouri, who you may or may not remember from Michelle's season of The Bachelorette, now begins his journey as The Bachelor with 31 women vying for his affections. This season will be the first in two years to emerge from the COVID bubble, returning to Bachelor Mansion for a season full of surprises, grand declarations, Plenty of drama, and one of the all time best bachelor cry faces. Check out the teaser on YouTube to see that, but we can let you hear a little bit of it right now.
1: I'm just a Midwest guy from Missouri that just wants to find love. (laughs) And I believe more than anything that my future wife is here. Wow, chills. You're You're fake, you're two (gasps) faced, I'm done. (laughs) I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. Keep my name out of your mouth. (gasps) Are you kidding? That girl will do whatever it takes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She (laughs) it up for everybody. I'm done. It's over. Oh my gosh, so much crying, but all in due time, tonight's premiere will see the women make their grand entrances and first impressions for Clayton, while former bachelor Jesse Palmer returns to host the season and guide Clayton through his first evening of dramatic ups and downs. Exhibit A, before the first limo even arrives, a shocking franchise first will have Clayton clutching a rose and questioning everything. It all begins tonight at 8 o'clock on ABC. Trivia! And finally, today, the answer to our trivia question. Chance the Rapper has said he didn't even start listening to hip hop until he heard what Kanye West song on the radio? Jesus Walks, Through the Wire, or Gold Digger? Well, we're getting right down to the wire, so let's reveal it. Yes, it's through the wire. Chance told Interview Magazine in 2013 that he first heard the song on the radio and spent, quote, the next two hours trying to figure out who it was. Then they played All Falls Down and the radio station was like, this is Kanye West. And I went, well, I'm into Kanye West. After he got West's debut album, The College Dropout a couple weeks later, he decided he wanted to be a rapper. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall.